Today I'm talking, we, we've been talking about friendship. No, what do you mean? So today I'm talking about friendship. We've been talking about future. There's a lot of F's in this, okay? But it's, we're talking about future, family, foundations, and finances. And that's where we're going to be going for the rest of this year, looking at all of these different aspects. Um, and so we're going to kind of interject into different things over different weeks. If you're the kind of person that likes to have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, we're more doing A, Z, F, Q. That's, that's kind of where we're going in, in this, because that's just generally how my mind and brain works. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm your pastor. And for those of you who are my, like my wife, you like to know what's happening exactly. It's going to be a surprise every week, okay? <laughs> Um, who of you have been in a group of friends that you, that you like, as a teenager, uh, that, you, that you love and trust? There was banter amongst you. You know, and where I grew up was the boy cheese, the boys. And it was, uh, I don't know where that name came from. I don't know if you're from New Zealand, it's the Bruce. And, uh, and uh, Australia, it's bro. Like, whatever it is, it's, it's, there's this, this group of people, these friends that hang together. Jesus, when he walked on this earth, he had 12 friends that he did life with. They were very clear that he was the rabbi, the teacher, the leader, but he still had a friendship circle that he had with him. And I want to talk about, before we even think about friends with one another and the importance of all of that, I want to talk about our friendship with God. And uh, so if you're taking notes, you can write on the top of your phone or whatever it is, friend of God or becoming a friend of God. Isaiah 41 verse 8 says this, but you are Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen you and the descendants of Abraham, my friend. I don't need any other friend but God. Proverbs 18, 24, it says that, it just says there's a band of people that you hang out together, but it says there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and it's Jesus. And we need to find our fulfillment and that, that deep longing in our hearts for friendship in Him first. Then we're able to have friendships and community and all of that stuff out of that place. James 2.23, it says, Abraham believed God and it was credit to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. It says it a few times throughout the Bible that Abraham was God's friend. And I just started to think about the whole Bible and it says that if you look before there was the idea of family, before Eve came along, Adam was close to God. There was friendship with God. Before there was the family of Israel, Abraham was a friend of God. You had Enoch who was just taken, who was so close to God that he was just... He was there and then he wasn't there. We don't know how that worked, but the Bible says it didn't, like there wasn't a dying moment. He just got taken straight to heaven. Before there was a deliverance, Moses was friends with God. Before there was this moving of the kingdom of Israel, God had to find the right man to lead and he chose a man after his own heart, which is David. And if you go read the Psalms, a lot of, the third of the Psalms is lament, so he's also in this, struggling in this place of being human, being messing up with Bathsheba, doing all of these things, but he's always coming back to, God, I love you. And that's, that is the heart of what I want to try to bring across this morning, is that if we can get anything right in our lives, is that we learn how to be a friend of God and walk with him. So have you ever wondered what kind of relationship God wants to have with you? So there's a list of things. There's, he is your father, creator, maker, redeemer, savior. But I think the thing that, that just blows my mind, and Jesus even says it to his disciples, is that he wants to call us friends. He doesn't, and I think that's the thing that sets Christianity apart from every other religion, every other belief system, is that God, our father, wants to be a friend, and, and so close to us, and he knows everything about us, and he's, he's more He's even closer than, than a real brother because there's something that my brothers, I won't tell my brothers, but I will tell my Father in heaven. There's a closeness. There's, that, that is 
incredible that our Father wants to also be our friend. And I think Bill Johnson said that he doesn't, God doesn't only love you, but He likes you. He likes you, he likes you Beatrice. You know that, but you know that. There's a, I don't know if you've ever met Beatrice, but he's the, when you stand around him, there's just like the peace of God. And I think because he knows who he is, and he knows whose he is. So, obviously, when Adam and Eve were on the earth, I'm going to call up an Adam and Eve. Caleb and Sinead, can you come up please? <laughs> the reason I'm picking on them, because he's like, Dan, I have had no airtime recently. Can, um, can, you, can you stand on the stage, please? Uh, easy, man. <laughs> You never had, you haven't given that authority, did, seriously. <laughs> but, uh, so, but the reason I called them up, because they're probably one of the most recently married. There may be more, but I just also want to just have a moment here. And uh, so there's, there's this moment where Adam, uh, Adam is walking with God and he's, and he's with God. But then he says, God says, it's not good for man to be alone, which I spoke about yesterday. And he says, I'm going to make him a helper fit for him. You guys, I mean, Caleb arrived and he made it clear that he did. Gee, I wrote the Caleb and Sinead. <laughs> hey, easy on my notes, dude. There we go. I'm meant to be... Anyway, so... You lost my... Tr- Where was I? They were walking in the cool of the day. God comes along and says, what have you done? And then what, is, what does Adam do? He immediately blames Eve. The woman who you've gave me did this thing. Isn't that the first sin of man? It's abdicating our responsibility. Sorry, Caleb, I'm really just picking on you, right? But I'm trying to bring like a joke and a serious thing at the same time. It's that you blame someone else for the sin. You blame someone else for the thing. Sinead or Eve did lead him down the path. Um, but the, the, the point is, before, before that happened, there was, there was unbroken relationship with God. Sin entered in, and we are all sinners. That God says that while you were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He, while we were still in sin, God, God loved us. You guys may sit down. That's all I had. I was, I was hoping more would come. But um, also Daniel and Vilmay are getting married next week. The week after. But you're leaving next week. Okay, that's exciting. The point is we started with relationship. There was a breakdown of relationship. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus came again to bring back that relationship. That is, the, that is the story of the Bible. God, and it's so simple. But yet we can so miss it so many times and complicate it in so many areas and have this an unbelief around certain things and struggle with certain things in our life where God says, cool, I know that this world is broken. There's, there was Adam and Eve who sinned and, and messed up and we live in this broken state. But, but Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and life abundantly. I've come to set you free. You don't have to live in bondage to sin anymore. You don't have to live under this thing. You, ha- you can live in this place of freedom. And I want to read, it says here in Romans 5 verse 10, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, I said it earlier, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. And I was listening this week, uh, we had John Bevere come through, and I was listening to something that he was saying on repentance. And he says, repentance sometimes can be such a negative word. We think it's this this hectic thing, but he's actually saying what it is. And the one guy describes it, it wasn't even John Bevere. It's just like you walk into a cliff, 
and you get to the cliff and you turn around and you go the other way. And it, and it speaks about just the goodness of God in a situation. It speaks about new life. And that's the only thing God ever requires of us is just say, God, I don't have it all together. Jesus, I surrender my heart to you. Let your grace just pour out on me. And in that moment, that is the love of God. God's love is so deep, so wide, so strong. It draws us. The Bible says that, don't you know that the love of God draws you to repentance? It pulls you towards him. It brings you to a place of freedom. God does not want his people to live in bondage, ever, ever, ever. He, he took the Israelites out of Egypt through the Red Sea, which is a picture of us coming out of sin through the, the waters of baptism and into new life and eventually to the promised land. Now, there is the wilderness phase, which we, we chatted, Vaughan and I had some texts on this week, that you sometimes do go through a bit of a wilderness phase. God's shaping your character. It's like you don't automatically become like Jesus now that you've been baptized. There's a, there's a journey that we take. But as we submit to God, we can either take 40 years or actually take, I think it was like an 11 or 12 day walk. Gary, is that correct? I don't know. He did some Bible college. I'm just double checking if that's correct. Is that, that we can either go in circles like this the whole time or we can actually put our trust in Jesus and get there a whole lot quicker. And John Bevere says is that obedience is the fast track to promotion. And it's like promotion in the kingdom of God, not to be seen by others, not all of that stuff. It's promotion in the kingdom of God as we learn how to obey his word, take it into our hearts. Jesus even said, he says, I no longer call you servants. Now the picture here is, is of a king and a king's realm is that he had the servants that were in the outer court. And then he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. We get uh, full access in the courts of the king. We still know he's a king. He still has rules. He still has ways. He still has pl- things that we follow. And there's this, there's this reverence. That's why it's our father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. It's Abba father, but it's also a father in heaven who's utterly in control, sovereign, and works in all, sees all, is, he's with all. He, and we, that is the God we serve. But yet out of his goodness and his kindness and this undeserved grace, we get to step into the realm of the, of the king and we get to communicate with him. We get to hear, in a sense, what's going on behind closed doors. We are our friends of God. So for, if you had to look at this, how important is this to God? How important is our relationship with him? Uh, Exodus 34 says, You must not worship other gods, for the Lord whose very name is jealous, is a God who is a jealous, so is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. I've told the story about my jealousy issues that I'm working on. But if uh, I, my early days of being married, you'll, you guys will see those who recently married you, you'll, you're very protective. I'm actually still super protective now, of course, which I think I should be, but maybe I should hang back a little bit. But um, the whole thing is that you... you, you there's, if started to, started to show any affection to anything else, and it's, I would just, there would just be this rage inside of me. And then I, I think in a sense that's what God's saying. He's like, I've given you life. I've given you everything. But you, you still want to get, uh, you still want these other things. And there's, there's obviously lots of gods in our lives. There's money, sex, approval, popularity, pleasure. All these things that are Dubai. Let's be honest, that's Dubai. That is the thing. That's what we're preaching here, the opposite of. We're preaching a, a kingdom that we cannot see, but we, we live in, and our hearts are, are bowed down to him. And then we look different because our, our focus is not on these things, but it's on the living king. It's wanting this, this, this 
beauty of God to, to, to be imprinted into our hearts so we can, we can see it uh, manifest into other places around us. That is, that is the call of God in your life. You're looking for a calling, fall in love with him, become friends with him, and he'll take you and he'll use you on the earth to show his goodness and his grace and his kindness towards us. So how do we have a relationship, or how do we grow in becoming a friend of God? Number one, I don't know why my preacher went so quick, even this morning, we were done like at five past ten, so you guys are in luck, you guys can have an early lunch today. Um... It says, we make knowing God my number one priority. And I was listening to a sermon this week by Rick Warren. And uh, he just says, I get, I, get out of, I get out of bed. And the first thing I ask God is this. He said, if I don't get anything else out of today, God, I want to know you more. And I want to love you better. So if you go through a bad moment, a tough moment, a horrible moment, a, a good moment, whatever it is. At the end of the day, if you can say those two things, it's been a successful day. And I thought it's such a simple, I love, I love some of that, that preaching because it's just so incredibly simple. It's just, God, I just want to honor you with my whole heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that is the golden rule, as the Bible calls it. That is what we live by. That is, if we get that thing right, everything else begins to flow from that place. There's, there's in a place of abundance and growth that God wants us to live in as people. And we can choose our own way, but we, if we choose his way, it's life. It's, it's goodness. It's, it's, it's in a sense Eden, the peace of Eden. The, that, that, I mean, Jesus lived from that place. He lived from a place of just absolute peace. There was this, he was in a boat in a storm, and it was rocking and going like this, and he was fast asleep. We have uh, outside our house... For some reason, they built one apartment block. We thought, okay, stoked, they're finished. But it's Dubai, and Azizi, I don't know if you've seen it. So those of you who work for Azizi, I need to talk to you, okay? But you're building another apartment right outside my room, okay? And it's like, I think two nights ago, at like two in the morning, it was like, and I don't even know if this is legal, Andre. It's not. Anyway, so we, we need to just have a chat. But... Um, <laughs> And uh, then they were, they were doing the piling, like when they're drilling the holes down, they were just dropping stuff. There were people shouting like they were being, like, that they were being killed. It was like, what is happening? And Stalin and I are trying to sleep. And, and it's just, and it's amazing that we did actually fall asleep. But Jesus was in a boat. He was in a storm. There was water splashing over and he was asleep. That is just crazy. And God, I want that. Father, I want that. Can we just pray that? God, I want this peace. In any storm that I walk through, any uh, valley that we go through, Father, that you never leave us. Psalm 23 speaks about that even when you lead me into the, these valleys, that God sometimes leads us into places, but he's, he's going to be strengthening us and he sets a table in front of our enemies. He brings peace when it doesn't make sense. So God, I'm asking you, Lord God, in, in a world of anxiety and in a world of uh, worry and all of this, Father, and we just pray that we would be a people who are just so secure in you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Paul writes, and he says, everything I disregard and I consider garbage so that I might gain Christ. That's everything else is worthless. Every desire you have that, that pins itself outside of Jesus is is. The Bible says he threw it out. And I'm like, God, I'm not in that place. I'm just being, I want to be completely. I want to say that 
if, if there's other desires in my heart that, that may be taken over, I want to have only the desires that you want for me, for my family, for my future, for my finances. I did the F's again. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Everyone loves Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11. If I know the plans I have for you, do you know that there's a prophetic moment? You lay hands on someone. I just feel Jeremiah 29, 11. Which could be true in that moment. But for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give a hope and a future. But then we miss this part where God is saying, actually, if you will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. With absolutely everything inside of us. That God, there's, I lay bare everything. And I say, God, I just want you. All I want is your presence. All I want is you in my life. If we can get somewhere like that, I think we'd be pastoring well. We're leading people well. Um, you know who someone really is by what they brag about. You know what's, and it's, it could be family, it could be the car, it could be possessions, it could be whatever it is. You'll soon see what's the most important thing in people's life by what they brag about by what comes out of their mouths naturally. So Jeremiah 9, verse 23, I didn't read this in the first meeting. It was powerful. It says, this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I'm the Lord who demonstrates unfailing loves and brings justice and righteousness to the earth. And I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. He says, don't brag about these other things. Brag about God. Brag about what he's done in your family. I heard an incredible testimony halfway through the meeting, which I'm not going to steal this person's thunder, but there's, God has moved powerfully in their lives. Where it was looking very obscure and dark and all that, and God came in and he rescued them. And he's bragging about that. We need to be a people that brag about the goodness of God. What is done in our lives. We have to have fresh testimony, and I know that's a Christian thing to say. But we have to have stuff where God is working right now in my life because I'm stepping out in faith and I'm believing Him for something and I'm seeing that God is bringing fresh bread, fresh testimony to our lives. The second one is, and I've taught on this a lot, but it's slow down and be quiet. Psalm 46.10, let's quickly read that. So here we go. He says, be still. It's very hard to be still. Let's be honest. And know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Whenever you're going through, you can take the scripture. And you can say, be still. Because at the end of the day, God's going to get glory. It's the way it works. It doesn't work within us. He even uses our thing. He says that God works out all things for his good. For our good, sorry. He actually works it out. He works it out. Because whatever's happening in and through our lives, God is working it somehow for good. At the end of the day, He's going to be exalted. He's going to be glorified. And the word for, uh, for be still is the word rafa, which means to sink, relax, abandon, cease, let go, and become helpless. Isn't that the opposite of this world? This world is control. Be, be hyped up. Do as much as you can. Try control situations. Try, try. Let God be in control of our lives. And I can tell you when that thing hits, and I, I've had, I've had, I, honestly, I've had ex- that experience a few times in my life where there's just this inc- incredible surety that God is in control. You can sleep in a storm. 
it's because you've just sunk back. And if we had a beanbag here, and I meant to actually give one, it's just like sinking back into a beanbag. It's nothing better. Put a little blanket on you. It's God is, God, you can trust him. He's so trustworthy. I love this in Psalm 25, 14, out of the Passion Translation. It says, there is a private place reserved for the lovers of God, where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. There is a private place. There's a private place with our Father in heaven that we can just be with him and love him. Pour out our lives. Pour it out what we're walking through. Pour it out. God is so good. He, he gives us what we don't deserve always. Number three. Decide whose friendship you want the most. 1 Timothy 6.21 It says some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. Augustine famously wrote, you have made yourself for us, sorry, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it find, finds rest in you. And we can, miss the, we can miss this relationship with God. If you've been following Jesus for two years, five years, ten years, two months, we can miss this. It's because God writes, well, through his word, and James 4 voice says, you become spiritual idolaters who are having an affair with unholy relationship with the world. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Whoever chooses the world as a friend makes himself God's enemy. I don't like that scripture. I've got to be honest with you. It's, that's hard to digest. That's like a hard pull to digest. But, but God, he's saying that there's a better way. There's a better way of following him. John 3, 16, on the, on the flip side of that, it says, for God so loved the world. So, so what is the truth? God loved the people in the world. He didn't love the world's values. And I think that is what discipleship is. It's, it's stepping away year after year, day after day. And we're not, we're not like kind of print perfect Christians. You know what I mean? We're all going to have to deal with stuff in our lives. We're all going to have to bring stuff. We're going to have to have brothers and sisters around us. We're going to have to walk through things. And that is healthy. It's healthy to do these things because it's making us more like Christ. Yeah. We love passion, possessions, and position. We love uh, what it may seem like to us, but God, in a sense, cares about our character more than he does about our image. He honestly cares about what's happening on the inside more than what we look like to other people. God is so concerned with dealing with things in your heart that he'll sometimes take you through valleys it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And if you read a few things back, who led him into the valley? Sometimes we lead ourselves, but sometimes God leads us into a valley. It's because he's going, Dan, there's something in your heart that, that's not like me. And I'm going to cut it away. And, the, and the, the Bible says that God disciplines the ones he loves. I don't even know this on my notes. But it's, it's, he brings in correction. And I've at times felt the discipline of God on my life. Well, I felt God say, this, isn't, this far, no further. This is a new day of consecration. Joshua says that consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow I'm going to do amazing things amongst you. There's a, there's a two sides to the story. There's this bowing down before our king and saying, God, all we need is you. Let your presence come and fill my heart. Let me, let me follow you with everything. It's, just, it's a heart cry. That's what I believe David was on, on, all on about. He's, he wasn't perfect by any means, but he always came back to the heart cry. And he said, God, I need you. 
I need you, I need you, I need you. Number four, maintain a constant conversation. If you want to grow in knowing God, maintain a constant conversation. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 simply says, never stop praying. Can we say never stop praying? praying. Which means you you almost become, so I've got a, um, a little niece and we've gone to London, well, Starla's niece, but... My family became mine. And um, so we, we, and I'm the second favorite uncle, by the way, that she, she told me. She said, no, this uncle's my favorite, which is always Starla's brother, and then I'm the second. And even though I'm not like kind of directly, I, I'm just such a good guy that I got, got pushed above blood, you know? Joking. But she, um, she would uh, walk with us in, in London. She had a little scooter, and it was a couple of years ago, but literally for half an hour, she wouldn't stop talking. She was a chatterbox. She spoke about everything. It was just my teacher, this, 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 this. And um, we've got another friend, uh, Trevor Hartley, and his little daughter is so cute. Uh, her name's, what's her name? Kara, that's it, Kara. And uh, she, she, she's like, she'll just she'll go, hi, Kara. And she goes, hi, Dan, but you know my friend at school? She's like, she's so like this, and she, I just laughed at her. I was like, hi. And then she's like, that's how she spoke to us. And literally, it's like nonstop talking. I mean, so her, to her parents, almost not listening, but I think this is like so cute. And in a sense, I think we need to be like that with God. We need to, we need to be chatterboxes with Him. We need never stop talking to Him. Never make a certain moment where God's there. and then Because then you have the sacred and secular weird view that the, that the Hebrew people did not have. It was all God, all the time, stepping into, speaking to Him all the time. That you had this constant relationship with your Father in heaven. That now we don't have to go through ritual and do all of that stuff. Through Jesus Christ, we can have unbroken access to our Father and to the presence of God through His goodness, through His kindness. And you can talk to Him about anything. And I can say that the more honest you're with God, the deeper your relationship will go. And that's my final point. Is that we need to learn to trust Him. We can trust God at His Word. We can trust who He is. A relationship with Him is based on trust. And, uh, and that's, if you only understand that, then you look, can look at Psalm 55, 22. It says, cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He'll never permit, to permit the righteous to be moved. And if you look at the word for, for shaken, sorry, for, for cast. I need to use this bottle. That's what I'm drinking quickly. It means to throw. <laughs> it means to throw. <laughs> Jane immediately picks her. You work for Emirates, eh? <laughs> She's like, a bottle on the floor. Anyway, she just couldn't help it. She's like, that can't stay there. Anyway. <laughs> Emirates has trained you well. <laughs> but the, the, the point is, we need to throw our burdens Unto God. He is good enough. You can trust Him. You can trust Him with everything. You can trust Him with, with uh, your pain. Sometimes you think, well, you feel so God, far from God because of pain. But actually, that is the moment that God is saying, push into me, my son, my daughter. Pain is where some, uh, C.S. Lewis writes, and it says it's a megaphone of God. Pain becomes a megaphone. You, you know, you go through tough times. Your prayer goes from like five minutes to like all day. You know what I mean? And that's just, that's part of it. This, and these things, God, God, we walk through suffering. He, he allows certain things to happen in our lives. And sometimes things happen to us. And, you know, there's a whole lot of things that we can't explain. And that happens. But we, we know that this, that God is good. And he works through all of that. 
We can trust him with everything in our lives. I was just reading through 1 John, which is just such an incredible book. And it says, this is the message which we've heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship, which is friendship with him, and yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Wow. The gospel is amazing. We have access to God through Jesus Christ. Unbroken fellowship. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and he will forgive us our sins, purify us from all our unrighteousness. If we claim that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. The Bible is very straight. Jeremiah 15, 19 says, if you return to me, I'll restore you. That is on the point of trust. We can trust God with our pain. We can trust God with every single part of our lives. We can just lay it at his feet. We can take it. We can cast. We can throw. Like he would cast, almost like a line, but it would just have, would be cut off as, as halfway through and then it would just get shot. Cast means to throw it away from yourself. Can we stand to our feet? Uh, Mario, if you're around, it would be great if you can play some keys. Let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that it is sharper than any double-edged sword. It's, it cuts through. It brings peace. It, brings, it shows your character. Father, the Bible is, is a love story of the character of God, of a people that keep running away and a Father that keeps pulling them back keeps giving opportunities, keeps giving love and life. Father, we, you are so good. So God, I'm praying right now. I'm praying right now, Father, for your hand to come upon all of our lives. We would, we would become a people that are friends with you first and foremost. I want to just pray for a group of people. You don't have to put your hand up, but if you want to, you can. It's for those who feel like right now you've, you've, you're far from God. If that is you, just acknowledge it before the Father. The, the truth and reality is that that is a lie. You may feel distant. Maybe you'll feel far. It doesn't make sense. But God is close. God is with you. God is here. I think it's in Acts 17. It says, in him we live, move, and have our being. We live, move, and have our being in the Father walks amongst us, who's walking amongst us right now. So Father, I thank you that your word to us is that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. That this morning, God, we would set our affections on you, Jesus. And if there's stuff that you need to bring to the Father, you can do that right now. This is a safe place. This is a place of family. Say, God, I'm just struggling with this. I know it's causing separation. I, I repent of it today. I'm moving to wholeness. And I've said this so many times, but if, if there's any way that you need to just... The Bible says we confess to God for forgiveness and we confess to one another because it brings healing. God, 
is a good God. He's, he's working. He's working on your hearts. Just I shared in the first meeting, this, the picture of the prodigal son is just so incredible. Is that you had this son who took his father's inheritance, took his inheritance from, from his father, squandered it. He ended up being sitting with a, in, in the pigsty, which is kind of the worst place for a Jewish person to be. He comes to his senses. It's amazing. The Bible says that he comes. It's like he just gets awoken one day. And as he did that, he, he, he runs back to the father. And the father sees him. And it says from very far, from far off, the father begins to run towards him. And can I say this morning that for some of you, that you, God's bringing you to a place where it's just, there's going to be a realization. And you're going to look up and see a loving father at the other end. And he's running towards you. That is a picture of our father in heaven. So, Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you, Jesus. Let's just take a few seconds and just put our hearts on him. opportunity for those of you maybe you've wandered from the Father maybe you've never surrendered your life to him, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead you're then saved so I want to lead it almost in a prayer of confession if you know this morning you have to say today Father I need to make right with you I need to make right with you if that is you do you want to raise your hand very quickly I'd love to pray with you it's a prayer of stepping back in, repentance. And if you need to come talk to us afterwards, that's also fine. That's great. So, Father, we thank you that you're a good Father. That you lead us, Father. You lead us. Even in Psalm 23, it says, yes, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we thank you that that's, that is a promise from you. That is a promise through Jesus. Father, we worship you. We honor you in this place. We exalt you, King of kings, Lord of lords. Just lift him up. Holy Spirit is here. He's working on people's hearts. His word is going in and out. I just clearly see pictures of God's word going in and out of hearts. you're here with us. Holy Spirit, you're here with us. Your power is here with us. I want to ask this. If there's anyone that is sick in their body, can you raise your hand quickly? There's a moment in in the Gospels where it says that Jesus was present with the power to heal. Wherever Jesus goes, he heals. So could you just raise your hand because I'm going to ask those around you if you're a follower of Jesus, just to 
yeah, just to quickly lay hands very quickly on the people that are like directly near you. Father, we thank you for healing. We speak your healing right now, Jesus. We thank you that you're a God that heals, restores. So right now, God, whatever sickness and disease there is, we just, we just cast it out in the name of Jesus. And it says it has no authority here and in this place. Over lives, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you, Jesus, that you are radically healing people right now. There's been testimonies of healing over the past couple of weeks. Father, we just we speak your healing right now in Jesus' name. Maybe you've got a parent, a family member, someone who's sick. I just just proclaim the word of God. I had a my grandfather many, many years ago was very, very sick. And I found Psalm 103, and it says that he, he forgives all our sins and heals all, does, all our diseases. I knew I had to stand on the word. I literally stood on my Bible. The very next day, my grandfather came out of hospital, and he was fine and lived for another 15 years or so. We can, you can believe for someone else right now. So God, we speak your healing. Let it just spread out from this place, Lord God. We thank you, God, for your presence that is amongst us. Holy Spirit, would you come and work so deeply in people's hearts? Um, I just felt the the word cystitis, um, and I'm not going to ask anyone to put their hands up or anything like that, but I just feel like I just want to pray for that. I feel like God is wanting to to heal someone with, I didn't even really even know what that meant. I had to Google it. Um, so, Father, we thank you that you are the healer. Jesus, it's by your blood that we are healed. It's by your stripes that we are healed. So right now we stand in the authority given to us by you, the authority in the name of Jesus. We say in the name of Jesus, Sustatus be healed. Whoever that might be in this room, maybe it's multiple people. Father, we say we thank you that those people will be healed. We thank you that you spoke and we thank you that you are the healer and you do what you do best. You bring people from a place of brokenness into wholeness. You bring people into a place of healing. And so right now we declare healing over those bodies in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Guys, I I mean, I was standing here and I felt like the presence of God was just on me. And I know God is moving. He's doing something. Let's, let's keep our hearts in this place because I feel like this is God has been setting us up week after week after week after week for big things. Father, you're so good. I love you. to say to some of you God's presence is enough in your life you may not have anything else at this moment in the world's eyes but God's presence is enough he's a God that loves and cares for you that pours out his spirit on you can I just ask we've got a bit of time we finished quite early so just this just if we want to raise our hands, say, Holy Spirit, would you come more into my life? I invite more of you. It says you must we must continually be filled with the Spirit. It's this ongoing thing in our lives. 
Someone said that we leak things the ways of this world. We get stuck into different, different things. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll just come and fill us with your presence right now. never said this before but I feel like God is going to start giving you some of the some of you the gift of tongues so just say God I thank you that if and if, if that jumps in your heart right now just say I receive that gift some God some of you God is awakening the gift of prophecy of your lives Caleb God's awakening the gift of prophecy of your life and Sinead, I feel like the two of you are going to carry something of like a laser a laser-like focus in certain areas. And I know we often joke and have fun together, but I feel like God is he's, he's going to give you guys clear dreams, clear visions, clear uh, stuff where he's going to be opening up stuff that you have only ever dreamt of. And uh, yeah, I just feel that word, just almost like what an eagle would be, just have clear, clear vision. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that your word says that you always lead us in triumph of possession. We thank you, Jesus, that you, you are, you, your word says, Lord God, that we, you never leave us nor forsake us, that you walk alongside us. And I pray that in this week you would walk alongside us in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen.